This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Can we have just one green day, nice green day in the market? The second day, maybe we should close down right now, up 950. Come on, let's end the week on a good note. Also, you guys got it so easy. You just show up every morning at 8 a.m. and you listen to us. You pick on us. You tell us what we're doing wrong. I got something for you guys to do this weekend. You're going to do some channel checks. I want you to go out to your local mall and I want you to go to Apple Store. Because according to Bloomberg and Bank America, they're empty. No one's buying any Apple products now or the next quarter. We need some channel checks. Back back on Monday, everyone reporting. Finally, after Mark Chaikin's apocalyptic view of the market yesterday, we are bringing on no other than Statman Do, Ryan Dietrich. Mitch, roll that intro. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. We're green. We're green for now. Up 1075 at 3665. Uh, we sniffed that 3700 handle, though, just a couple hours ago. Uh, 3693.75. Pre market low, 40 and a quarter. Hope we hold that. Uh, Bucks rallying uh, up 20 cents at 112.41. TLT, that's up 89 cents. That's good news at 104.68. Crude in the red by 19 cents at 81.06. Gold in the green by 390 at 1672.50. Silver, that's in the green too, 25.3 cents at 18.965. Bitcoin working its way back to 20K, up $70 at 19,450. And Ethereum futures, they're up a buck 50 at 1327.50. Let's bring on Triple D and Money Mitch, who's looking sharp today. And Triple D, you got some extra decorations going on there yeah, behind look you. At new look at that. Here. Holy, Whoa, what's that thing say? Pre-market what's, prep. What's that Be say? Be prepared for the market open, close, and beyond. It's like, you know, Toy Story or something. To infinity and beyond. To the pre-market you know long, and beyond. Do you know how long it took me to make that, design that? Did you make uh, that? Yeah, yeah. How did you do everything, Joel? And I just want you to know we're going to have some PMP apparel coming. As soon as my chief apparel officer stops taking care of sick people and looks at the stuff that I gave her. So that's going to be coming soon, some uh, PMP apparel. But uh, let's just go. I mean, you know, Dennis just, it doesn't go by a day without Dennis getting run over. And, I run and, over. 
So let's just get the bad news out of the way, and then we're just going to be all happy. I have the to rest complain daily. This is where my you're my sounding board. You, you know, you feel better when you talk about it. Anyways, IBM last night. Thank you, Bloomberg. Thank you so much, Bloomberg. Bloomberg posts an article saying IBM has cut the dividend by seventy-seven percent. I was like, oh my gosh, that is not good news for IBM. I'm like, it's going to fall ten bucks on that. Of course, you know, um, I don't have a Bloomberg subscription because they cut me off years ago, um, basically because I work for Benzinga. Uh, but that's sideshow. But anyway, so it was all over the it was over it was all over Twitter. Um, the reason IBM was starting to fall. So this took about you know five six minutes. Stock goes from one twenty one and a half all the way down to one seventeen and a half. If IBM indeed did cut the dividend by seventy seven percent, I think the stock could fall ten bucks. So I was like, it was down three. I was like, it's going lower. And it did go lower. It went lower until Bloomberg publishes an article that says, oops, no, IBM did not cut the dividend. Um, and we published this article in error. And then the algos grab and then just rip it right back higher. I'm like, ah. So anyways, I got caught up in that. But um, that's what I want to complain about. But fake news from Bloomberg. Oops. And there was a billion dollar market cap moving there. So there was definitely some wealth transfer to the algos. Thanks to Bloomberg. All right, Money Mitch. I mean, what what what's going on here today? In the eye of the storm, and got the uh, he's got, first of all, he's got the green light on in the background. Holy. What are you yeah. going to have? You going to be like in the hurricane? That's noticing the details. Let's put him I like in the it, I like it. So now I'll tell you right now. I mean, at the end of the day, sometimes you got to look how you feel, and I'm feeling like money today. I'm feeling a little rally going here. A rally. That's what I'm feeling. I'm. You guys remember yesterday, I was a little bearish too. One of the things that I'm doing, I think, more often is being flexible. Flexible from day to day. Understanding that just because what we saw yesterday doesn't mean what we saw today. So yesterday, we finally cut through those lows. And what did we do? Recover right back into the hourly range. So that shows me right there, the bears don't have full control because they could have taken it yesterday with that downside action. So we'll see what happens today. I'm feeling a little bullish. We're all oversold. PCE coming. And oh, that's yeah. why there I think we're going to get inflation, inflation, 830. Don't miss it, guys. I have a feeling. The, Light, lighten up bullish. a little bit? Yes, I am bullish. I think it's going to come <laughs> in light. I think it's going to come in light today, and that's what's going to get us started today. So, too, actually. Um, you got me scared now too, Money Mitch. Estimate month over month is 0.5 prior with 0.1. So we're going to pay attention. And one of the things that I would say is, remember, the Fed pays attention closer to the PCE number than the CPI. And a little bit while we get when we get closer to that number, I actually have a lot of information on why they pay attention to PCE versus CPI. So if you guys want to find out about that, stick around. We'll get into that closer towards the number hitting. All right, but I just want to do just a quick market comment here. Uh, if you, you know, let's just put on like a little bit of the longer longer term goggles here for a second. Uh, you know, we, we had to rally off the June low, right? And everyone's talking mm-hmm. about, we're going to test the June low. We're going to test the June low and test the June low. And then... That's going to set us up for the rally, right? I was kind of of the argument that I don't want to test the June low because yeah. if we take out that June low with conviction, I, we're going a lot lower. I don't know if it's a shaking level or 3,000 or whatever, but man, if you look at this monthly chart, 
the bottom right chart. I mean, yeah, we took out the June low. You know, yeah, we uh, established a uh, a new new closing low for the year. That was yesterday. Um, but can you say that it like have we cracked it? Like if we're gonna crack it, Fridays you always finish on. You know, a lot of times you finish on extremes. I think today, if we could just you know close at thirty six eighty or thirty six ninety, then maybe we we still have an argument that the June lows are holding. But to the to the T, they've been taken out. What do you think, Triple D? Um, I think we're still holding. I not I don't care okay. if it's taken out by five points. I don't care if it's just been. I think we're still kind of holding that area, and I'm still okay. going with that bob up and down. I thought the CPI was going to be light last month. I was dead wrong about it. I'm kind of on Money Mitch's side. I think this deep, it's this you know, price inflation is going to slow down here eventually. Maybe it shows up in today's data. Maybe we get a rip roaring rally. That's what the market wants. I think that's why the market maybe had a rally here overnight. We've leaked it back again. There's just so much overhead supply that keeps knocking it back. But that is going to be what the market turns on is when we finally start to get some light data. So... Let's see. We're going to find some information out in 20 minutes here, but there's lots of stocks to talk about and individual stock stories before then. All right. So let's uh, definitely just kind of mention here the Eurozone inflation did come out today. Just want to mention that before we get into kind of the micro outlook. Eurozone inflation hit a new record high of 10% in September. The estimates were a 9.7%, so not too far off, but did come in hot there in Eurozone. And the prior reading was 9.1%. So inflation continuing to rise in Europe, but I don't think that was unexpected as we got that number now it looks like you guys want to go first to nike at least that's what joel wants to go to so let's go towards nike first uh let's give their earnings here eps coming in at 93 cents beating the 92 cent estimate sales at 12.7 billion beating the 12.27 billion estimate um and Nike says North America inventory grew 65% in Q1 versus the prior year. Q1 greater China revenue down 16%. They said that their quarter ended inventories were at $9.7 billion, up 44% driven by elevated in-transit inventories from ongoing supply chain volatility. So uh, another mention of supply chain still not perfect, right? I mean, like, I feel like every company mentions that the supply chains are still disrupted. Um, people asking me, am I buying this Nike dip? I had to have four or five messages to me. A week ago, I tweeted out about Nike and I said, PE 25 going into a recession. They were saying on CNBC, somebody was on CNBC saying how much value is in Nike at $95. I was like, Going into a recession, P's 25, no thank you, was my tweet. That tweet was absolutely correct. Stock's down 11 bucks. It's 84 here now. It's still not a cheap stock. I mean, yes, you know, it's always had a premium because it's Nike, but if we're going into a recession, I don't want to own these kind of stocks. So $177, down to 84. It's basically a two-for-one stock split at this point in time, Joel. It will be a buy at some point in time, but why do I want to be the hero and say that 84 is the low? When, you know, everybody's tried to be a hero in the last year and they've all been zeros. Joel's got to be on mute once a show. It's how he Uh, No, I was just thinking about what I was going to say. A couple things here. First, we'll just go to the technicals 
And uh, here we are trading down 1136, down 1083 at 8450. And I'm just telling you, there's a monthly level in here. You can do what you want with it. Uh, but back in, uh, where's this monthly low at here? I just saw it. It was way back here, uh, back in, uh, boom, boom, May of 20. Okay. That's all I'm going to give you. May of 20, 8411. And if it keeps going, the next monthly low is 7716. But you know what? I, th I think, yeah, it's a recession. Yeah. Well, first of all, people aren't wearing shoes as much. I know I like I wore shoes all day yesterday. And that's like the first time I just people don't wear shoes. You know, they're working at <laughs> that's home. Ridiculous <laughs> thing to say. No, Yo, it's a theories, man. And I got some Allbirds. Have you had shoes. these Allbirds yet? I don't wear shoes. We're gonna have lower clothes, these lower are cars, so cheap lower planes. <laughs> these Allbirds. Have you tried these? I heard these about like, these Allbirds. These pretty are good? cheap, man. Oh, they're like a hundred bucks, and they're How comfortable. Much? Now I'm not like a hundred and five bucks. No Crocs for you, man. Come on. It's crazy now, that you say this is the world we're in now, where a hundred dollar pair of shoes is a cheap pair of shoes, Mitch. Like hundred bucks. Oh, that's cheap, man, for a pair of shoes. What world know. are we in? It's like they left shoe stores. You go in there, like twenty bucks to get a good pair. I of don't shoes. Know. When the that's average worker, gone, eh? when the average worker has to work six hours just to pay the shoes on his feet. Yeah. Okay. And the second thing, and I know that I've really been uh, in hard on him, but they got to get away from Michael Jordan. I mean, come on. This guy hasn't oh, been in the come league. Come on, Joe. Come You're on. How long there, since man. he's You're been in the there. league? How long since he's been in the league? How Put it this I mean, way. No one grows up trying to be the man. Pistons. Get that jump man no one off grows a Michigan up. uniform. Give Joe, me a I'm break. sorry. I'm sorry, but no one grows up trying to be the Pistons. They try to be Jordan. That's yeah. why they sell them. They don't wake up. Say, Kids don't there, go and say, I don't want to be, be, you know. There may be no athlete more dominant to his sport than Michael Jordan was to basketball. Wrong. There's a good argument to be made there that he dominated his sport <laughs> better than anyone else. So if Nike wants to milk MJ for the next 100 years, 100 years, go for least. it because MJ was at unbelievable. Least. The goat of everything. Not even the goat, like the goat, maybe, but maybe the goat of all sports. No, the guy no. played baseball too. When kids, when I'm kids tie their shoes, <laughs> when kids I tie their shoes, they say, "I want to be like Mike." They do. That's the commercial. I said that when eating. I was a kid. No, that's. The I didn't commercial. even like basketball, but I sure liked MJ. <laughs> I'll give I'll give you two more dominating athletes in in uh, an individual sports. Okay, First of all, no one's ever gonna surpass what Mark Spitz did in the '72 Olympics. Okay, and then Michael Phelps. So there you go. So if Nike the wants, to, goes to yeah. But okay, little oh, rant. Oh, you got the, the chat going at least. I'll tell you that much. Okay, right, <laughs> I let's go. go Brady. Could have went Brady. No, Brady's his own brand. Hockey, I got some Brady stuff. Should I go get that? Tiger Woods back in the day yeah. before he got in all the shenanigans. Tiger Woods is a pretty good golfer back in the day. But yeah, anyways, this playing, isn't though. stocks and jocks. This is just stocks. So let's bring it back in. Rain us in. Let's go pitch. to Micron. Rain let's... us in back to Nike. We were talking Nike. Joel's going to tell us where he's buying with two hands. Oh, man. Uh, he's the only one that's going to give you that. If I was short. <laughs> If I was short, I'd have a bid out there at 84 bucks. 
And then if I got hit on that, I'd have a bid at 83 and a half. <laughs> and I'd just keep going down. I'm not shorting it. It's a monthly low. It's going to pop. I mean, you know, it's going to maybe. Why? maybe that, Is it going to pop? FedEx you think it's going to go down? All, okay. Yeah. I'll FedEx give you. Leaking. I bet you it will yeah. close. Oh, let's see here. Where do you think it will close, above or below where it's at right now? A lot of it's going to depend. Ask me that question in 20 in minutes. 8.30, yeah. They, after 8.30, <laughs> I'll answer that question for you, Joel. A lot of things are going to change in 20 minutes, folks. A yeah. lot of things. Definitely. Let's go to Micron Technology now. Um, there's a couple of news out on Micron. We're going to give the earnings, too. But I did see a subsidy for $320 million by Japan's industry ministry, um, so pay attention to that. This is going to be definitely, I think, giving them a little bit of a lift. But let's talk about their earnings here. EPS coming in at a dollar and forty-five, beating the dollar and thirty cent estimate. Sales at six point six four billion, missing the six point six eight billion estimate. Now, when we really get a little bit more concerned, is the guidance going towards Q one twenty-three non-gap EPS at four cents plus or minus the 10 cents versus 64 cent estimate way off there. And then the Q123 adjusted revenue outlook right now is 4.25 billion plus or minus 250 million. But the estimate is at 5.62 billion. So way off there. Mm. Um, Now what they said, they said this is due to sharp decline in near-term demand and expects supply growth to be above demand growth in the calendar year 2022. Expectations were absolutely in the gutter for Micron coming into this quarter. I mean, back in June, $75 stock. Back in January, $95 stock. So you've had a two-for-one stock split in this cyclical business as well. I own it. I'm bag holding this thing from 62, I think it is, in the long-term portfolio. It was a half-size position. I don't know if I'm making a whole-size position anytime soon because uh, it, chips are just a wreck right now. Wow, they uh, they slammed it. Uh, the algo slammed it down to, what, 47? Yeah. <laughs> and then they realized, oh, but everybody expected this to be bad, and then they bought it back. But the okay. commentary from them hit other stocks, too, like the businesses – to Stephanie Link's point, uh, she was saying, you know, the commentary, some of the businesses that were suffering Micron are like, you know, what is for LAM research, for applied materials. So if you're wondering mm-hmm. why they're taking on the chin, it's because of the specifics in this Micron report did not indicate good news for LRCX or applied materials. Uh, I see the spike over 52 here, so that your pre-market high. Uh, but when I, let's just focus. We're, we're at 50.85. We're up 84 cents. Uh, let's make first of all. Let's hold yesterday's high at 50.30. Right now, we are doing that. Doing that as we speak, and then you know, take out that two-day high at uh, 51.19, and then I think things open up to the you know to the upside. Uh, 51.19 was the high on Wednesday. You know, we had that rally in the market. 51 close. So. You know, hold hold the previous day's high, take out the two day high, and then things open up in the fifty two handle. I would not want to see this go red today. Uh, to that closing price was fifty oh one. Holds that, uh, you know, support for the day. But once again, you're talking about factors like the PCE. But uh, that spike down to forty seven was good, and. Uh, Pre-market high would be a good target, too, there. uh, You're really choppy ahead of that number there, too. So you think it's going to be soft. 
I'm gonna go a little. I'm gonna lean a little bit long stocks into it. No, normally I'd go market mm. neutral because money, Mitch. Things can be light. I'm gonna lean a little bit long. Not really long. Like, like not like oh, I'm going all in ahead of this number. I'll gamble a bit. I'll gamble with money, Mitch. I'll go I've a little been, bit. A little uh, bit long. Little, little bit extra stocks. You know, I think yesterday was a, a good outlook in that. I think if we were going to really kind of flush down, I thought it would be yesterday with that Apple move, right? I mean, that Apple move was wicked and Tesla wicked on the down move. It felt like that started a a sell-off for a little while and then it just kind of calmed down. And towards the close, we came right back up. So to me, I think that the bigger positioning is right now starting to start leaning towards we're getting ready for the rally. We're getting ready for that Q4 rally. Well, we'll see what happens. When do they actually put that money to work? I think it's going to depend on, of course, inflation data. So today we get another reading. Let's see what happens. Support is still holding money, Mitch. And I'm going to go back to that major support. You can say, oh, yeah, but it breached it by five, six points. It's (laughs) not a breach. We're still holding support. We're still holding the 360 SPY. That's what it needs to hold. It's going to be this number that's going to push us one direction or the other. This is going to be the mover, maybe. So if we come in soft like money mitch thinks we might we could rip roar higher rate out of here we come in hot katie bar the door the lows are gone so this number is going to matter in eight minutes all right let's go towards the next headline let's get into amlinks here pharmaceutical company getting an fda approval and it seems like the biotechs have definitely been getting some kind of catalyst to come on out this is trending higher after an fda approval um, for its treatment of an als drug of course lou garrett disease so um all four if it definitely works and uh looks like it's getting the lift today so keep your eyes on some biotechs yeah what's up Oh, that's a new one. AMLX. Got a pop. 35. That's oh, there's a that's a nice looking chart, huh? All-time high. Uh leaked a bit. Uh let's just do a reset here and just uh you know be aware of the fact that the former all-time high was 3280. Uh so there you go. That's the only number I can give you. But that day that it, it hit 3280. It really had a bad close. It closed at 27.03. So see if what the script is this time. Uh, the all-time closing high for this, we'd like to see it improve on that today, uh, is 30.86. All right. No no. These are tough. I yeah, mean, all I these small biotech it. companies, they pull the rug, they don't pull the rug. And you know what else happens, too? And you always got to be careful. They get the good trial results. They rally, 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 rally. And then what happens? Well, they need money to fund the next trial. And they pull the rug out, you know, two days later because they do an offering. So you've always got to be somewhat skeptical and somewhat careful when you're trading these things. What about your uh, biogen? You're just going to let that leak down and fill the gap? Probably. Had it for 20 years, Joel. Yeah, what okay. else you I'm like do? Warren Buffett on Biogen. <laughs> I'm just there. I'm just long it. I'm numb to Biogen. Yeah, unless they up say they're points. going to like, zero. Eh. Numb to it. Hey, I mean, that's not a bad spike, right? I It'll mean, probably leak it all away, and I'll be like, why didn't I sell it? Because eh, I never sell it. Hey, Next. You'll hold on. You'll hold on. Now they Buy did pull. A rug pull on the Rena Center. The Rena Center is definitely getting hit hard after their guidance getting cut here for Q3 uh, amid macro headwinds. That's what they're stating here. Adjusted EPS guidance 
now towards 85 cents and 95 cents when it was set at 105 to 125. So definitely falling off the estimates there, narrowing their sales guidance also from 1 billion and 1.05 billion to 1 billion and 1.02. Um, so narrowing that sales guidance, really lowering down their adjusted EPS. Uh, and now it's going to see what happens. I mean, Rena Center is, I think this is, just showing and companies are starting to show that recession is kind of more coming and the doom is coming because the earnings are just going to get hit hard. And this is, this just is showing a, more yeah, economic yeah. activity, more recession type stocks here. Uh, I mean, this is not good news. So yeah, again, you know, people are renting big ticket things here in they're going into a recession. It's more proof that, hey, the recession isn't coming. The recession is here, folks. It's here. And it's going to start showing up in the earnings this quarter. It's why I'm spooked. Uh, PC maybe gives us a relief here today. We're hoping so. Nice to be a nice pop. But again, I think it'd just be an opportunity to lighten up stocks. May May of 20, uh, you had a low at 1805. And so if you want to take a look at that, uh, you did dip in that in the pre-market. You dipped below it. You're above it now. So that's a monthly level. Unfortunately, your April low of 2020 was quite a ways below that down at 1234. So uh, uh, two-star support, that monthly low. See if you can find some other daily lows in between there. And this isn't exactly... Um, this is kind of like middle of the road stuff, right? This is not like, have you ever got anything from Renaissance? Never. I don't want to. It's I like all kinds of furniture. Let's I go mean, it's, 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 it's not high end though. It's not you high end. All kinds of things there. I mean, it, it depends on what you think of. I mean, it's just like. We're rallying. Did someone leak this number? What's going on here, Dennis? Cancel all oh, Cancel yeah, all I, I think uh, they're trying to get ahead of it, right? Look they at usually the try to get jumpers. ahead. Uh, canceling all orders. Let's go uh, on the Renaissance website when that happens. That's yeah, not so. I mean, Renaissance has it There's all: washer machines, furniture, TVs. It's always a leak. Now, one yeah. thing that I'm, I, I at least was interested, <laughs> and I got to hear their call if they mentioned anything about credit issues. So I would love to kind of get into their call. I'm going to try to dive into that today to find out if they mentioned any credit concerns, because of course. The people that go to Rena Center, they're getting this on credit, right? Ooh, so I, ooh, ooh. And that'd be something to find out. Hopefully, they don't have um, a flexible rate on that credit there, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, the interest rates uh, coming to hit them. Yeah, but uh, wow, we did, you know the algo these uh, the algo jumpers usually don't come out until like uh, a couple minutes before, but these guys are they're feeling the PCE vibes. Yeah. Let's talk about it. All right, PCE deflator coming here. Core PCE price index month over month estimate is zero point five. Prior was zero point one. Uh, and the year-over-year year estimate is at 4.7 prior 4.6. I don't even I know what to say. We just rally, too. and now we're like, yeah. I'm like, cancel orders. No, get them back out there. <laughs> get them back out there. I'm we're going to have wait. personal spending month-over-month month also hit right at 8.30 also. So pay attention to that number. Holy That's estimate 0.2. <laughs> like 30 seconds here. Prior 0.1. The hair, just just wish it back and That's get ready scared, for man. it, Dennis. <laughs> Ooh, I need a brush today. <laughs> oh, there's no brushing it today. There's just getting through it. Now, I do want to give some comments on why uh, the CPI is not the kind of the forefront use for the Fed. And a lot of this comes down to, let's just make it simple. 
is because the PCE is a smoother reading than the CPI, meaning that the CPI is more volatile than the PCE. That's why they look at the PCE because they don't want to be getting, you know, swings in the readings. They want kind of more of a smoothed out reading that gives them a, a better advantage than the swings that you see in the CPI. Why? Because the CPI, the way that the source of the data comes in. And so the CPI in the formula is more affected by wide price swings in things like, let's say, computers or gasoline. While the PCE calculation smooths these prices out and making it less volatile than the CPI. Another thing is the source of the data, right? The CPI uses data from household surveys while the PCE uses data from gross domestic product reports. So I, I under, I kind of seeing more and more why the Fed focuses on PCE. It seems like CPI being just on surveys isn't really, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but that might not be the, the main number that I want to be hearing from. I would much rather have data from the gross domestic product report that's including a wide range of goods and services versus the CPI, which just has um, kind of a, a, a tighter where the data is coming from. It's not a big range, right? And so the PCE encompasses that broader range of goods and services than the CPI. And it tries to track what is actually purchased, right? And represents how consumers are changing their buying patterns when relative prices change. So this is why the battle is out there. I know that a lot of people talk about, well, CPI is a more important number. And looks to here, if you take a look into it, I understand kind of why they look at PCE. Man, that was like uh, Milton Friedman there. That was uh, that was a pretty good breakdown there, Money Mitch. Uh, well, you know, we all know what happened before the CPI number. We were trading up like 30, 40 handles, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and they slammed it. And uh, here we are. We're coming up. We are bouncing around like a ping pong ball. Uh, looks to be a little bit hot. They hit it. We went on change. We went in red. Doesn't look like it's coming in good here, folks, at least from their early action. We did take out All the right. closing Core price. PCE at 0 0.6 versus 0 0.5 estimate. So coming in slightly hot. Looks um, like I missed it. Yeah. Not what we no. wanted to see there. Slightly, I mean, at least. But I didn't didn't hit there, guys. I, I, I tried to be a little bullish. Yeah, that's what you do when you try and go against the trend. But uh, yeah, here we are. We're, you know what? Here we go, guys. I hope, uh, I hope uh, Triple D. Uh, is out there surviving this one. I think the probably the way that trading action, uh, you know, caught him that choppiness. I'm sure he's doing okay. What did we go down to? We did we make a new low here? Uh, mm. boom, boom, boom. Uh, no, we didn't make a new low, so that's uh, that's a positive thing. Yeah. Uh, boom, 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 boom. year over year coming in at 4.9 versus 4.7 estimate there. So a little bit hot also on the yearly number. Yeah, we just got to wait. And then what, where do we have um, our next number? We don't have, uh, we don't have our next, uh, when's the CPI coming out? Uh, it's going to be a while. It's next month. So not what we wanted to see there, guys. Uh, the Fed's going to have a little bit more ammo. And just to give them a little bit more ammo, there is some Fed talk today at 9 a.m. Of course, um, Meister is going to be speaking. So uh, just watch out. 
Fed talk later today. And then at 11 a.m., you also got Bowman speaking. So there will be some Fed talk out there. And I feel like the PCE is going to give them a little bit more. Man, ammo. this thing's jumping around so much. It's just, ah, oh, now we're green again. Now they're, now that the initial reaction is down and now they're kind of liking it. So I don't know. You know, it just reminds me of Joel when I was on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange and the conference was going on and uh, the the Fed numbers were hitting. And it just shows you the amount of volatility that has been in this market. And I feel like a lot of this, you know, we induce this volatility. And so we got to start being a little bit, you know, uh, I would say expecting of high volatility when especially these numbers come out because the volatility i don't think is going away anytime soon and this market has been just i mean if you look at the average true range in the dailies for the spy i mean there's there's not many times where we're at nine nine point six two if you look in history i mean there's not many times that you're past nine on the average true range so it just seems to me like the volatility isn't going away and we kind of need some of that volatility to go away so that we can yeah. finally we gotta, catch we gotta, that Yeah, You know what? Uh, we at least got to calm down first. And that that's an excellent point. You know, we talk about, you know, the volatility. And that's what that's what kind of what I was hoping for today. You know, would we just calm down? You know, would we just have a little bit of uh, a little bit of reprieve, just a little bit of our consolidation, maybe uh an inside day or you know something along those lines but uh we still are working on the parameters of an inside day uh but we are definitely uh leaning on the uh low pre-market low comes in here at uh 36 40 and a quarter uh we we haven't hit that yet but we are moving towards that area yesterday's low comes in at 36 uh 36 22 um, and then the low of the move, the only positive that we had uh, from yesterday uh, was the low on Wednesday was uh, at 13. And uh, the low from yesterday was a little bit up that. But, uh, you know, anticipating and hoping for a good number doesn't necessarily make a good number. Uh, do we got uh, Do we got Ryan in the background now? Yeah, you know, I was feeling a little bullish. I put the green. I put the suit on. Ryan was coming on. I was feeling excited. Then the PCE number hit. So let's bring on Ryan and see if he can at least talk some sense into us. What's going on out there, Ryan? Hey, guys. You hear me all right? Yeah, we got you coming right, I got, I got Joe Burrow behind me. At least they won last night, so I got that going for me. So, you know, I, I'll just point it like this, guys. Glad to be, be back. I was just looking at some numbers like I like to do. The last day of the month this year has been historically bad. You know, I know it looks like we're still green, I think a little bit, right? But, but you know, just kind of be aware that, you know, I, I don't know if it's random. I don't know if it's late month selling, clear up some books, whatever it is. But last day of the month, much like a lot of days this year, has obviously been bad. Now, I do have some sharp pictures here. Let's see if I can share. But can I ask you about the move first? Yeah, the go for move. it. Tell, how, how was the move? I Where did you move from? two and uh and how was it yeah, move, move, yeah hopefully you see my screen moving's horrible <laughs> it's it's a terrible process but i lived down in charlotte for six years and now uh with carson group i'm the chief market strategist there and didn't really need to live in charlotte anymore so we actually moved back to the cincinnati area where really? i'm from originally yeah so so the kids moved up like a month ago i was kind of literally commuting back and forth between charlotte and cincinnati and for those of you that have a map they're not that close but um 
<laughs> so I'm in my basement now. I haven't really fixed up an office yet, but as long as I got Joe Burrow behind me, I feel I feel okay. So I'm happy. So you're to be, back uh, in Cincinnati. Well, yes, good for back you. Home. It's cold. It's cold. I don't know what I'm doing here. Although it's raining down where I left from because of the hurricane, but you know, and obviously thoughts go out to everybody. As someone who went to Sanibel Island a lot as a kid, um, just seeing what's going on there, it's just devastating. So thinking of everybody. But um, yeah, do you guys see my screen? I hope does it look good. Yeah, things are bad. Perfect. That's what I see. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, how about that? So I, I threw together some slides here this morning. I mean, you know, this is something that should be obvious. I know a lot of traders are in this, but just for investors, right? I deal with advisors and clients. I mean, a 60-40 portfolio, and I'm saying anyone we don't know, right? The S&P's down over 20%, but the ag is having like its worst year ever. That's your average bond fund. A 60-40 portfolio, you see it there, is having its worst year since 2008. This is like, you know, not shocking if you're in this every day like we are, but still taking a step back and realizing just how rough it's been. It really puts things in perspective, I think. You know, here's a chart I shared a lot. Um, I mean, I came on with you guys, I don't know when it was, not that long ago. I said, listen, September can be kind of rocky when you pour into it. And I got the chart coming up. My goodness, has that played out? But the good thing is, you know, you can see that that red there, right? That second half of September. That was like one of the worst 10-day drops we've ever had, down 11% over those days. It's kind of interesting. And I know the Fed and all the concerns. But still, seasonality was doing no one any favors the second half of September. And that played out again. You can see a little more green coming up, which is kind of where it'll bring some, some good news here. Oh, here's the chart. I think I shared this with you guys when I was on a, a month ago or so. When you're down year-to-date 15% or more going into September, the average September dropped 7.1%. We're down 8%. Oh, looks like we lost Ryan there for a second. Let's see if we can get him back here. If you want to call it. And clearly that's played out. There's other factors. I get it. But still, if you just look at seasonality, that was a warning sign. Now, let's bring some good news. Um, you know, it is what it is, right? October is the best month of the year of midterm year. You see it here. The next three months historically are pretty strong. And, and yes, we're down a lot this year. Still, there, there are some signs that we think, you know, there could be a potential low. I think I might. Let me go. Let me just go to it. Did I put it in here? Maybe I didn't. Oh, my goodness, guys. I didn't add the one I wanted to. Just the idea of October being a bear market killer. Got a blog coming up later today. I'll share it on Twitter. But you look back in history, 74, uh, 2002, like 98, 94, 2011, six of the last 17 bear markets ended in October. Random or not, I just think that's some interesting data pieces to know. And, and when you look at midterm years, talking to you guys before, just um, here we go. You know, they're usually weak the first three quarters. Well, that's played out and then some, I'll admit. But still, we knew coming into this year it can be a little weak. But look at some of those quarters coming up. I think it's just key for a lot of the longer term or intermediate term investors, 401k investors. Maybe not this crowd on this, I'm aware. But still, just to be aware the upside is there. I mean, I know it feels terrible. Off the lows of a midterm year, and no one knows when those are. I get it. Who knows? Maybe they're today for all we know. But a year off those lows, the S&P's never been lower since World War II, up 33% on average. Just some numbers, just some context. But again, just be aware that midterm years seem to make these lows, and they tend to make it later in the year. So that's kind of interesting. Here's another cool one. Look at the year two of a new president. That's green, right? We knew this coming into the year. That's the green one. That's the worst, right? A new president, the second year of a new president, stocks don't do that well. Lots of different reasons for it. That's playing out. Check out next year, that green of year three. Just be aware of it. Also, a crazy stat I just heard from. Ooh, we're we're going to have to get my man some better internet in Cincinnati. We're losing them a little bit. Can Are you, you really? Yeah. Can you hear us? Just for a second, yeah. Ryan. I hear there you go. go. You're back. We got oh, you. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, no guys. Let's keep it going. All right. 
Maybe because I was talking about the president and politics. That's what happened. Was, you know, <laughs> yeah. Was, was like, ah. Someone was looking out for me. <laughs> anyway, year two of a president, new president. That's that green there, 2.4%. It's not that strong. All right. That, that's where we are, right? Second year of a new president. The third year of a new president, you can see historically up 20% on average. So you can just some context that it's been a rough ride. Just be open to maybe some better news. We'll skip that. I know I shared this with you guys before. But looking at all the bear markets without a recession, our base case, we're still not in a recession. Slowdown, yes. Recession, we don't think so. Maybe we're going into one, but we're not right now. And you go down about 24%. We're down about 24%. Sure, there could be some more weakness here, no doubt about it. But it'd be very, very rare to have as much as a 30% bear market without a recession. Only 87 had that. So are we getting closer to the low? Let, let's all let's hope so, right? But I, we think that makes sense. I got like one more probably. Um, okay, here. People ask this, thinking about Florida, you know, no, hurricanes don't really impact the stock market at all. So we kind of put a chart together that shared some of that. But again, more importantly, we're thinking about our friends down in Florida and Charleston and everyone along the coast. It's about to get a hit again there. So last one, if you look at the S&P, the day of the midterm elections, which are coming up here in a couple of weeks, and you hold for a year on the S&P, I know you can't technically buy the S&P, I guess you could buy the SPY, but looking at the S&P price only, up 14% a year later from the midterm election day to a year out. So um, those uh, those are my charts, guys, to put some context around it. No question, it's been a very, very rough year, but there could be some better times ahead because sentiment's getting pretty dour. I would like to see the VIX spike, I think, like probably all of us, <laughs> you know, a little more, but I think we're getting closer. All right. Did uh, Is uh, Triple D still in uh, the trade cave there? Yeah, I know. He's, he's stuck. He's stuck. He's stuck he, in there. He's going to be busy. Uh, he might be. Uh, he's sharing my internet with me, apparently. Huh? <laughs> he, he, he might have listened to Money Mitch and started leaning long, but <laughs> that, that might have been not the best call today. But, hey, that's just how it goes sometimes. You're never going to be 100% right, but statistics yeah. sometimes can help, right, and, and give us some outlook. I, I can see the outlook moving forward. Mm. Um, I saw Citigroup yesterday kind of mentioned a Q4 rally also. So do you feel, are, are you worried about earnings though coming up? The way that Yeah, I mean, sure. We're, we're worried about earnings. Um, you know, they're going to be weakening, right? Companies, some of the big blowups we've seen, supply chain worries. I thought we were over supply chain worries. Apparently not. But again, the market, as we all know on this, markets are a forward-looking mechanism, right? They're pricing in. They're pricing in a recession. I mean, you look at small caps, you look at tech, they're pricing in a recession, right? So again, maybe we have a mild recession, right? And that's what we're priced in. So maybe company earnings don't beat by, you know, 20% like they were a couple of years ago, but still likely, we think they'll still beat by a little bit. Um, but it's all about that forward guidance, of course. But honestly, you know, I mean, overall, uh, corporate earnings have been beating for a long time, and we don't think that's going to change. And we still have record earnings. I mean, we're still, we're still looking at record earnings. Earnings expectations this year right now are where they were at the start of the year, all right? They went up a little bit, then they've come back down, so we're kind of flat where we were at the start of the year, what we expected from earnings. Um, but that's a worry, sure. But again, there's a lot of bad stuff priced in. And if it can be a little less bad, like we're, we're optimistic about today's PCE, I didn't get a chance to look into it yet, came in a little hot once again. Um, which is the one the Fed looks at, right? But still, um, that's just more the Fed's going to keep hiking. We kind of know that one. Um, so, but still, a lot of bad stuff priced in, and that could be um, contrarian positive, right? All right. What do you What do you look to? What sectors? What I mean, if we're going to come out of yep. this abyss, uh, I mean, you know, people have been hiding in utilities. By, by the yeah, way, yeah. by the way, we went down, we matched the low uh, mm -hmm. in the S and P's here, and we have caught a bid. Now I don't know how long this uh, this bid is going to be uh, sustainable. 
Uh, but we're now in the green. We tested the close. We tested the low of the pre-market. And uh, I don't know. Could it just be a, maybe some seller? We just lost a seller. Seller's auction here. But uh, back to my question, you know, yeah. what? Well, I know you don't like to talk individual stocks. What sectors? What's gonna yeah. What's gonna lead us out of here? Yeah, well, we we've been in the camp come on a month ago saying something similar to this. We like value over growth. We still don't like big cap tech. We still think you mentioned earnings. There could be some problems there. There's still some higher valuations. So in the models we run for our we call them partners, our partners and our advisors, we're tilting toward value over growth and kind of a two pronged approach. Yeah, we're still kind of hiding out the utilities and staples, but on the other side of things, I mean, we still think energy on this pullback looks pretty good. And industrials have tried to show some relative strengths. So kind of that barbell approach. We don't want to be all defensive because if we're about the bottom, maybe cyclical value makes a little bit more sense. But uh, we're still underweight that. And I would tell you the big question is bonds, right? We just have to blow off four yeah. percent on a ten year. I know we're back with thirty basis points. At least we were before PCE. You know what's going on with bonds? We still think from this day to six months out, one year out. Stocks are going to do a good deal better than bonds, so we still are overweight equities relative to fixed income in our portfolios. We are actually, in our tactical models, we're neutral equities here. We're not underweight, but we are neutral. But when you look at globally, U.S., developed, international, and uh, emerging markets, we're overweight the U.S. relative to the rest of the world because, again, those are just falling knives, relative strengths, making new loads across the globe, lots of concerns. So we like the U.S., we like value, but kind of with a two-pronged approach is how we're looking at it. And, and fixed income, we'd still be shortening duration. And we still think maybe yields can kind of trickle higher, not soar higher, but trickle higher, which can still, you know, kind of pressure uh, fixed income overall. So shorter, shorter durations, how we're seeing the world. Let's let's talk about yesterday. Um, and now, you know, you, you you follow the news. What even happened? I just remember the Bengals game. I don't even remember yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> well, well uh, they kind of, you know, Bloomberg came out two days ago and said um, Apple is, uh, you know, reducing, uh, you know, they're telling their suppliers cut back. They're not expecting as much. Yep. That hit the market. Uh, that was two days ago. And then, you know, you got to make America downgrade. You can say what you want about these upgrades and downgrades, but, uh, you know, they do move the market. So, so, yep. you know, and then Tesla, you know, we, we just talk a relative strength, relative strength, relative strength, hold, Tesla holding up. Well, Tesla's not, you know, they finally went after the generals yesterday. Yes. So we complain about how these stocks let us up and there was only five, six, eight, ten stocks. OK, um, now that they're coming down, is that a, is that a good thing? Do we just do we just leave them alone and oh. just, you know, look for other things or yep. are we looking at some discounts here? Yeah, like I said, we kind of big cap tech. We'd kind of avoid those. I guess Tesla's okay. technically big cap tech, but still, I think the fact that energy got decimated last week down nine percent. You know, we're seeing some of the previous leaders, like you said, get shot. Like everything needs to get shot. We know for a real bottom to form. So seeing some of those things uh, pl play out right here are encouraging. Put to call ratios are high, but I'd say a little bit more, a little more um, fear and put to call ratios. That VIX, we haven't seen the VIX spike. Um, you know, as, as I talked about earlier, the major VIX spike that we prefer to see. But still, there's a lot of other things that, you know, AAII, I know there's some flaws with that, but there's a lot of bears there. And just just the cell phone indicator, my goodness, there's a lot of worry out there, and rightfully so, because I just showed a 60, 40, 7, a second worst year ever. But still, you know, we, we, we think we're kind of closer. I mean, you know, what Patton said, I've used it before, but if everybody's thinking alike, somebody isn't thinking. There's a lot of reasons to be bearish. I agree with a lot of these reasons to be bearish. But again, if we're all thinking and pricing that in, 
get any good news. I wouldn't say inflation, maybe not today, but you know, some inflation data. Um, you know, you look at like rents. Rents are finally starting to come down a little bit. That takes like a year to come into the inflation data, right? Chicken wings have come down. Lots of different things have come down significantly. <laughs> We're optimistic that inflation is going to start coming down, and that could open the door to the Fed. Maybe instead of hiking a ton, they're just going to hike a little bit less, but maybe keep it higher. But that still could be what the market's pricing in. All right. I know Triple D wanted to come at you hard with, uh, you know, we're, we're in a different environment now, yeah. right? Because of, of rising interest rates. And then, I mean, if you want to just put on the, the rose colored glasses, say, you know, the Fed's overdoing it. They're overdoing it. It's like, the, yep. just stop, just stop, yep. you know, just so, you know, maybe something out of the Fed that you'll be the, the catalyst. I mean, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're in a rising interest rate environment. The Tina trade is dead. Yep. You know, how, how do you counter that argument? No, I mean, I, I can't disagree with some of it. I mean, that's, that's it makes sense, right? Was the I know Triple D hit me on Twitter with I did some stuff, right? Some Hi, Ryan, you. And he said, oh, you know, he's he like, is. hey, was the Fed hiking then? No, you know, the Fed wasn't always hiking, but but again, it's it's what's priced in and what's not. So I can't disagree with them. But I'll tell you the one thing I like to look at is credit spreads, right? And we all look at these, right? Investor grade corporates, high yield spreads, they're not blowing out. I'm kind of surprised, honestly, but they're not blowing out at all. They're kind of a long-term trend here. So that's the credit market's way of saying, listen, this is a vicious bear market we're in, and it's scary, but likely not a major recession, likely not gonna, gonna fall down the stair steps. And again, Maybe that's for a time to start thinking about, you know, three to six months from now, there could be a lot more gains than most people expect because no one's expecting that right here. I mean, it's all perception to a certain extent, too. I mean, we can say nobody's expecting gains, but it's like selective perception because everybody says they're so bearish on Twitter. I think we're just used to so much bullishness, though, that you see a few bears and you think everybody's bearish because my overall feel is that everybody's pretty bullish still. Like, everybody's expecting a bounce. Oh, we're oversold. We're expecting a bounce. And I think that's why we continue to leak. So, I mean, we can say a lot of things are priced in, and we can look at previous bear markets and say they last 12 to 18 months on the bad side. So, eventually, mm-hmm. if I hold on, and this is this is the thought process out there, Ryan. People yep. think that, hey, if I, hold the SP, if I buy the SPY today, as long as I hold for at least 18 months, I know I'll get my money back. And all I'm trying to say is, it doesn't have to happen that way just because it's happened in the past. Mm-hmm. No, what, well, what are no, your thoughts? Are we getting no, our money I, back I can't in disagree with that. I mean, that's that just why the way it works? Yeah, no, you got some good points there. I mean, you know, that's why I wouldn't just go all in in equities, right? I mean, you diversify portfolio. You still own some bonds. We don't like treasury. We'd say maybe even own a little bit of treasuries here. We're underweight treasuries. But again, remember the, the financial crisis, not well, financial crisis, but the um, the pandemic, right? Treasuries were about the only thing that really did well. So again, if you just have a little bit of that bucket. So, you know, stay diversified and continue to trust the process. But, um, you know, I'm more of a longer term view, probably than most of the guests on here, I'll, I'll admit. I, I see the worries and the concern, but I, I still think, you know, if you have me on in the month, I think we'll have a good chance of a pretty significant October low. Is it the low? You know, I'm, I'm going to say pro- probably, right? And uh, maybe we're choppy and messy from there. But but still, I think there's some um, some some seasonality. It's my birthday this month, too. So maybe that'll oh, be happy birthday, birthday present finally stop going down. Yeah. What's It'll be a good birthday present if the market turns October 28th, birthday. which historically was the strongest day of the year if you look at stocks. But then it had a terrible day like a year or two ago. So I'm, now it's the I'm second. I'm marking that on my calendar. Day. Ryan's birthday, yeah. one to wish Ryan a happy birthday too to buy stocks that day because it's going to turn around. Hey, that's day. two yeah. guests now, right? We had Chaken <laughs> around the twenty something, and now Ryan giving us the twenty eighth. Who knows, man? I'm, yep. I'm starting to look at those October twenty dates. We're gonna have to keep those yep. on track. All right, guys. All right. What is well, it going to be that turns right, right before we let Ryan go? Yep. What do you think is going to be the catalyst to turn us around? I mean, we can predict a turnaround. We can mm-hmm. say we're oversold. 
is it going to be just all of a sudden we get an inflation data point that it's not that hot and it's all of a sudden the Fed's plan is working? Is that the day we turn around? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, to be honest, probably. Yeah, I think yeah. they need to see some some real signs that inflation has stopped going up and it's coming back down and that can kind of crack the door. I mean, and you mentioned the Fed. We can go all day on this stuff. I mean, yeah. listen, in June of 21, the Fed said there'd be one rate hike this year. All right. <laughs> I mean, the that didn't happen. The Fed is not so perfect. I'm not calling them out. I'm just saying, you know, the, the, their views with what they've said about inflation and the economy and things and rate hikes hasn't always been so accurate. So now they're all hawkish now, yes, but they're all super doves in June 21 and we see where we are. So just kind of be aware that these things can change. Well, we'll have to keep our eyes on to see if we get that change, right? I think yep. everyone's just waiting to see what happens with inflation. Appreciate you coming on. The legendary stat man, Ryan Dietrich, stat you guys market you. strategist stat at Carlson Group. Have a good one. Carson. Carson Group. Carson right. Group. Carson and Group. Yeah, that's right. Let's see you guys. For that. Oh, man. That's right. Last time we messed that up. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get towards uh, taking a look at this market. It looks like we haven't sold off. Um, we have been chopping around here. So they initially, the initial number, it wasn't great. It was kind of wishy-washy, but they hit it. And, you know, they, they jumped the gun. Everybody's leaning a little bit long. Yeah. And they hit it, and they hit it hard. And now we've bounced back, and we're kind of at the exact same spot where we started. So I think it's the bob up and down. I mean, we've been calling this market very, very well. Yeah. And we're in that Titanic phase where we're still bobbing up and down. So I think eventually she caves and we go down, but we're bobbing up and down here right now. So the chop is the way to play. How do you play chop? You're selling rips and buying dips until that support goes. We'll have to see what happens if it's able to hold that low. I'm watching that low closely here. Holding it well so far. So far, so good because the number wasn't great. And you think when they start pulling the rug out that they're going to start, you know, coming and hammering at that support. But that support's still strong, too. So there's a real battleground here between the bulls and the bears. Right. And uh, we're seeing some news here in the chat. And I'm sure it's unconfirmed news and it doesn't mean anything. But uh, uh, are you seeing anything, Mitch? Uh, but, uh, yeah. Probably yeah, some Putin mentions in the chat. Yeah, there's He's nothing. speaking right now. I don't see too much that's popping on yeah. up in my news yeah. here. Yeah. If, if there was news something specific. Too. Um, he okay. declared four new regions of Russia. Um, so he's pretty much including some of uh, Ukraine in those regions. Um, so, hey, say what you nothing you know. new on that. Yeah, yeah I mean, as far, I mean, just as far as I'm concerned, I mean, yeah, the number wasn't. You know, we were hoping for a good number, right? Um, we didn't get it. We, you know, we haven't taken out the pre-market low. I mean, I think you still. The setup is here. Is it you know if you if you're taking a poke here, you have the lows. The lows from the last two days is an exit point. And then you have to you have to reevaluate. So there's a battle going on in change. Uh we got an inside. Maybe we just get a quiet day, you know, for a change on a Friday. <laughs> You've been calling for a quiet day for a month. <laughs> well, it is a chop. Yeah, I don't chop. think that'll happen, Joel. These days are a quiet so predictable. Chop. It's chop. We've been right. Chop, chop, chop. Volatility. Chase Oh, here we go. 367. Oh, no, you're doing it backwards. Because <laughs> we are selling rips and we are buying dips. And we are doing that again and again and again 
and again and again and again and again. And Except you sold go. the dip. Uh, you sold the dip after the um, uh, the CPI, CPI number, number, which yeah, was a you... month ago, which was absolutely, yeah. or which was three weeks ago, which was the absolutely only time I've been selling dips, and I got paid heavy for that. So yep. you know, we know when that number came out, nobody was expecting that. I was selling at four hundred eight spy, four hundred seven, four hundred six. 405, 404, 403. I didn't even, and then I went to my long-term portfolio and I started dumping everything that I bought there too to get back up to that 50% cash. So, I mean, that was just a disaster number all the way. You knew that dip wasn't going to get bought. If you were any, you know, listening to the show, there was no way they were buying that dip. They've been selling that dip ever since. I mean, they closed that day. Where did we close that day? At 393. We're 362. We dropped another 10% since then. So that was a disaster. And, you know, there's sometimes when people say, oh, you can't make money trading headlines. They're all idiots. That's how the real money is made, folks. You know, selling on those, you know, with the CPI disaster. That was the money. Yeah, you're going to get chopped up on a headline like this. But there's lots of money to be made trading headlines. What did you see in the stocks? What did you see? I mean, it was so it was so after this number. Yeah. Chop, chop. And we're going to continue to see chop here. I, it's it's easy to it's ninety percent chance we're gonna have a lot of chop today. I, I don't yeah. see us just getting killed. I don't see us just rip roar and rally. I'm seeing I'm seeing chop. So I see lots of chop here in the morning. We've got to keep playing this out. You know, playing the chop. How do you play chop? I'll repeat myself again. Why do I repeat myself? Because it works. I'm gonna keep repeating what is working. You play chop by selling the rips and buying the dips. Not buying the rips and selling the dips. We just had chop fest there too. You know, we, we, we go up, we go down, we go up, we go down. Don't chase. Don't chase in this market. That's the one thing you don't want to do. Recipe to lose money. Chop, chop. We'll have to see what happens today. I'll be looking to see if Apple continues down and Tesla continues down. Those will be good signs, I feel, uh, on the overall market. What happens? Those really brought us down yesterday. And Microsoft and Google followed. So Tesla's uh, red day yesterday was 7%. That was an ugly move. Both those stocks are staying red today too. Apple and Tesla are struggling to get to the green. So keep an eye on those two. They're your market leaders. They just cannot seem to catch a bid here right now. If the market starts to crater, it's going to be because of those stocks. The relative strength on Apple is very poor right now. Tesla is starting to show some relative weakness too after showing a lot of relative strength. So keep an eye on those two stocks. Those are two big reasons why this market can't seem to hold a bit. With that being said, we're holding up fairly well. Support is support. We could go back to 370. I'd be yeah. selling stocks there. We could go down to 359. I'd probably be buying stocks there. We're kind of in the middle, 363, 364. So as we get down towards that 360, I'm probably a net buyer. As we get up to 367, 368, 369, I'm a net seller. That's how I'm approaching it. I might be wrong, but I've been right so far this week. Uh, Nike continues to leak. There's absolutely no interest in this thing. Uh, t- took out that uh, that monthly low, and uh, just sellers, people stuck. Yeah. Maybe you know going long into the print. Uh, so that continues to eat away. Um, and you did have a little hope, Micron. We talked about you know holding the top of yesterday's range. Well, you can forget about that. Uh, now you have Micron in the red too. So your two your two earning stocks are not helping out. Your Apple is not helping out. Your Tesla's not helping out. So uh, the, the leadership, um, at least you know, from the big stocks, uh, 
it's not helping out yet this morning. I don't, and we've already had that one day where Apple went down and the market recovered. So I don't know if we're going to get to get to see that trick happen again. But uh, as we speak, we're we're holding uh, we're holding we're holding on to a few handles. But you know, boom, it can be gone like that. So uh, Mitch, anything? Yep, anything else you want to cover here? Yeah, I mean, uh, people can... asking me how my month was. Um, this was a very interesting month for me of trading. Um, I kept getting whacked. It was like I had bad news hitting me the first two weeks. So I've had, and you know, in my trading account, you know, and Bright Trading, obviously I've moved to Interactive Brokers recently. You know, I've been on that roll, Joel, that I've talked about. I haven't had a losing month in my trading account in 20 years. I was two weeks into this month and I was scratched. And Ugh. like September 14th, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm scratched for the month. And I'm like, man, am I going to lose money this month? I'm like, this has been a tough month. And it was just things I just kept getting hit on. Bad news. It's like I was long FedEx and the FedEx news comes out. And I lost, you know, literally two days of earnings off of that FedEx hit. You know, and like, well, why didn't you sell? Well, nothing. I was, I was selling. I was trying to get out as good as quick as I can. Stock falls 20%. It's tough. So, you know, and I got hit on something else. The Bristol Myers. You know, I was short oh, yeah. that thing. It yep. gapped up six yep. bucks that day. It's like the, one of the biggest losers I've ever had on Bristol Myers. It's like I just had a lot of bad luck where I was getting hit on stuff, hit on stuff. I'm like, it will turn. It's bound to turn. You just got to keep grinding it out, grinding it out. You're going to go on those bad runs. You know, they're going to happen. A two-week bad run is a long bad run for me. Usually, a couple I was days. buying the calls. Two I was weeks. buying the yeah. calls. All right. So, I'm gonna, so anyways, I, you know, Joel's trying to cut me off here. Joel's no, I gotta gotta go. You can leave. I gotta Bye, Joel. I got to hop. I'll talk to you at okay, 10. Okay, Joel's right? leaving. Bye-bye. So the back half of the month was very good for me. Um, I'm actually now brought it up to be about half of an average month. So that means the back half was probably about average to a little bit better than average. So it has come around. I mean, obviously, we have one more day here today, today. So there can be some movement here today. But um, it looks like my streak is going to stay intact unless there's an epic disaster here of uh, my monthly profits. So... So far, so good. I've been posting my. I've been posting for the last six months since I moved to Interactive Brokers. I can post my quarterly gains. I think I'm sitting up about four percent for the month. Three or three uh, percent or four percent. I, I checked a couple of days ago. It was around three. And usually, an average month for me has been you know seven or eight percent. So it's a little bit light this month again because the first two weeks were just an epic disaster for me. So it has come around. It's been a tough month though. This is going to be about half of a normal month for me. So if you're struggling this month. You know, you're not the only person. The chop is still hard to trade. And sometimes you just get hit on bad news. Sometimes you're going to go for bad runs. Well, I, I tried, guys. I tried, you know. I tried to get a little bullish tune going here. But I, I even dressed up for it. But it just didn't, didn't work out today, guys. Pe- and people we'll are asking me, and these are good questions, why Why did I not have a bad month in the March of 2020? Well, you got to um, be able to I'm talking my ways. trading account, not my long-term investment account. <laughs> my long-term investment account is down for the year. It buys stocks and holds and just stays there. I'm talking the trading account that I go neutral. I trade market neutral from it. March 2020 was my best month in 10 years. I did about three to four times what a normal month in March of 2020. Why? Because volatility went crazy and you get inefficiencies all over the place. I profit from relationships. Relationships just went and I make money from those relationships because they come back in. So when relationship moves out because people are just throwing the baby out with the bathwater, I'm buying something, shorting something else, and those relationships come back in. So March of 2020 was actually my best month 
in about 10 years. It's going to be a tough month to beat. It was a really good month. So yeah. I do better when volatility goes up. It doesn't necessarily mean down markets or up markets. I do better when the VIX goes higher. You know, it wasn't a bad month for me, but uh, I mean, a lot of that, I took a little bit of a time off when I was doing my trip and, and things like that. But one thing that I would say that is the reason why I think I was actually in the green this month would be a lot of selective day choosing. You know, one of the things is, you know, Dennis opens tons of positions every single day. But one of the things that I try to do is if I am doing kind of day trading and swing trading is maybe not always trying to open up too much positions every single day, because at least for my accuracy, I know that I'm not, you know, over 50% accurate, believe it or not, I'm closer towards 40% accurate, but I'm still able to make money because I focus on what the probability outlook and the uh, risk to return. So yeah. like always, it's just about finding what works for you. Sometimes it's going to be trading slower in times like this than, you know, just continuing to over trade. I feel like that's what a lot of people are doing in this market that's not working. Another thing that Dennis mentions often is selling the rips, right? A lot of people are still trying to get those continuation moves because they think a stock is going to move 30, 40, 50%. And the truth is in this market, a lot of these trades haven't done that, right? They haven't had those continuation moves. So sometimes you got to take what you can get and just keep trying to hit those base hits. But like always, you guys make your own investment decisions. Uh, Mitch, that's all great points. It's all about base hits this market. Like I'm never going for the home run. It's about base hits. It's about grinding it out. You know, I'm picking up a little bit here, a little bit there. I'm not going for the home run. And, you know, to the people saying, I lost money, you know, in my long-term investment account. I'm down money this year. So, you know, I'm getting hit along with everybody else in the long-term investment account. I'm just saying, I'm trying. what I'm trying to show, it's not about bragging. It's about trying to show you a different way to trade. And that market neutral trading allows me to make money in down markets as well. Because there's so many people that are long only out there. And if you're a long only trader, you are going to struggle significantly in a year like 2022 when the market indices are going down. At bright trading, you know, professional trading, it's more a market neutral approach. I mean, you know, even the big guns like the Citadels, and they're, they're, they're still trading and trying to trade more market neutral. They're doing their spreads. They don't want to get too long or too short. They're just trying to profit from inefficiencies. And that's what, you know, we try to teach in our four educational courses that we have over at premarketprep.com. It's we're trying to show you a different way to trade because everybody's caught up that you have to just be buying stocks to make money. It's not even about, it's about, you know, I short something, I buy something. I'm not cheering the market down or cheering it up. I'm just cheering for movement. That's all. And I think there's lots of opportunities there. So all we're trying to do is show you that there's different ways to make money in this market. This show tries to teach you different ways. Yeah. You can't just use a screwdriver for everything, right? I mean, eventually you need another tool. For sure. So I think exactly. that's exactly. Your long screwdriver, Mitch. Tools. Great analogy. Like, yeah. I mean... Sometimes you need something else. Sometimes you need a hammer. Sometimes you're going to need a hammer. Well, go hammer that market, Dennis, today. Have a good one. We'll definitely see you back on Monday. And have a great weekend, Dennis. Take okay, care. Feel better, guys. man. Feel better. Yeah. Definitely. All right. We're going to keep going here. We're going to bring you guys on over to All Access in just a few minutes. we got a couple minutes. I can go ahead and take some stocks from the chat. So if you guys got any ticker you guys want to run through, go ahead and throw it on up. i got a couple more minutes before we get to All Access. Let's take a quick little look into the market, how I see it right now. You know, we finally are starting to cut through kind of that 363.16 area that I've been looking at. Uh, the next level down to watch, I think, is definitely that 360.87 
That's where we kind of were kind of holding up from that Tuesday action. We broke through it just slightly yesterday. So let's see if we get through those kind of pricing action on the downside. That would be a little bit of sign of concern. A lot of this is, I think, going to depend on the Apple move, right? What happens to Apple? Dennis said it. It's not getting the bounce right now. Let's see if it gets the bounce towards the open. But if Apple flushes out, I'd be concerned about the market. I tried to have a little bit more of that bullish tune. But like always, we got to be more reactionary to the numbers. And that's what matters more. It's not necessarily the outlook in the pre-market, especially when you have economic data that comes in. It can swing you right back. So unfortunately, with the data that came out, I am going to have to change from the green light. To the red light, guys, because it's a little bit of a danger market right now with this mention. We'll see, though. If we can get a swing back, maybe we can turn. The biggest thing I say is be flexible, especially as day traders. Swing traders and investors, I understand why you sometimes stick more to your original outlook than that intraday volatility. But day traders, we have to be flexible. We can't be biased towards one direction. And with that core PCE number coming in hot, We'll see what happens if we get some takedown. I'm going to run through some stocks in the chat. I'm going to do my best to see how many I can get through in just about two minutes. Let's see what I can do here. I'm not going to give too many levels. Try to stay on it less than 20 seconds or 30 seconds on each one. Let's see how I can do. Deep breath time. Let's do it. All right. First one up, we got AMD in the chat. Let's take a look at AMD. Of course, the daily chart is what I would be watching. I'm looking for pullbacks going towards 50 on AMD. That's when I would eventually join the party. Let's see if we ever get down there. Let's go to Generac. Generac selling off probably with the hurricane. But of course, today, what do we hear? Well, it's heading back to the Carolinas. We might be able to get a little bit of a lift back in Generac today. Of course, look for the support to kind of hold around the 174.75 area, especially that 175 holding today. We'll see if it makes a move to 185. Uh, AVCT, AVCT. Let's go with the next one here. Anil talking about this one. Let's take a look there. AVCT, cheaper name, really cheap name. Normally we don't even cover these here, um, but definitely needs to get back above 25 cents. If you're going to get this one, it needs to come back towards the, kind of this trend line. Up in this area is where you want to see it. Right now, it's not there. All right, keeping going. WWE, WWE. Let's see how many I can get through. This one actually looks interesting to me. Daily chart has a nice little push now through the resistance. Let's see if it comes back for these 73, 74s. Of course, this is also going to be something I would look into the market. If the market can get back into the green, maybe WWE gets that push on up. PDD, let's go. Let's keep it going here. All right, so PDD, China news, right? What's going on in China? Well, they got better manufacturing numbers today, so maybe this can give it a little bit of a lift. I would definitely look for the 50 a moving average here to hold. That's 50.13. That's an SMA 50. All right, let's keep going. On by Donald. Let's go. Let's see what else I can get into. On semiconductor. doesn't look the best, but it is pulling back here towards a longer-term trend line. You can see here. Uh, it pulled back and kind of holding this trend line. As long as it can hold this in the 200-day moving average, I still see it in a bullish sense. It just needs to get, start heading back towards 70. As you can see here, it's just rejected to get back up above here towards the 70. That's where you want to see the stock heading towards if you're a bull. All right, keep on going. ATVI, that's a little bit of a harder one that still hasn't really moved from the Microsoft deal. I mean, think about it. That, that was all the way over here, right? I mean, essentially, it hasn't done anything. Uh, it's a harder one to read there. 
Dropbox. That's not one that I see too often mentioned. I used to like this one, and that's why you see some indicators here. And I watched it when it got up there. It looks like it's been an embarrassed trend. And one of the things that I would say is you got to be careful with names like this because it's a software name where most companies are cutting cost. UNG, LNG, let's do it. Uh, UNG needs to hold this kind of inverse head and shoulders at the top here. It needs to definitely hold kind of around the 22. If it breaks 22, I would say you got to be careful in natural gas. But if it can get back towards 25 and really start pushing towards 27, that's where I'll start looking at UNG for another pushback towards 30. We'll see what happens in natural gas. Coal players have been one of the moves that has happened in the meantime since I've seen the natural gas move. CCL, where are the earnings? Let me take, quickly take a look to you here. We got it on the pro here. I know that you guys want that CCL number. I know I was looking for it. Let's see if we ended up getting it. Looks like they're, uh, I don't see it released right now. I'm still looking for it. Nothing yet. They might release it right before the bell here as I, I haven't gotten the numbers to hit. Um, they are scheduled though. Beyond me, last one I'll do. All right, last one I'm doing. And then uh, you got to be careful with this one just in an inflationary environment. I think unless inflation turns around, Beyond Meat will continue heading down lower and lower. So just be careful there. It's all about inflation and choices that consumers can make. All right, that's going to do it for me today. We're going to get you guys on over to All Access. That's going to be coming on next. I wish I could do more stocks, but guess what? I will be back on, on All Access doing some live trading after 10 a.m. So if you guys want to take a look at some different stocks, so you guys want me to take a look into some live trading action, stay right here. Come on over to All Access. And around 10 a.m., I'll be rejoining. And I'll let you guys know if I open any positions in the day. I'm going to be watching to see what happens in the market. Like always, you guys do us a favor. Hit the thumbs on up and the subscribe below. And of course, if you hit that bell, you'll be notified the moment we go live. Like always, Benzinga is here to give you guys the competitive advantage in the financial media. How do we do that? Well, we get you guys the expert opinions like we had today. Ryan Dietrich giving us a lot of stats and giving us the outlook going into Q4. That's what it's all about right here on Benzinga. Now, up next, we keep giving you guys the competitive advantage to learn about these smaller companies that don't get covered so often. So come on over to All Access and learn about some new stories that could be potential investments and opportunities for you guys out there. Hit the thumbs up. I'll see you guys on over at All Access, and I'll be joining in just a few minutes at 10 a.m. We'll see you guys over, and like always, right here on Pre-Market Prep. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.